Let's pray. Gracious and holy God, we ask that you continue to pour out your spirit upon us so that we may hear your word proclaimed and then live it out with our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Last week, Pastor Jerry and Pastor Matt spent a lot of time sharing with you some interesting facts about uh, the history behind Isaac Watts' hymn, uh, Joy to the World, which is celebrating its 300th anniversary this year. Uh, As Jerry mentioned, the lyrics are a paraphrase of Psalm 98. But today we're going to take a look at the specific phrase in the song, uh, Joy to the World, the Savior Reigns. In the carol, the announcement that the Savior reign is met with um, an amazing response. The people are singing, and even the fields and floods and rocks and hills and plains are repeating the sounding joy. The Savior's reign, Jesus' reign, is met with unbridled joy by all creation. And together, they all repeat the sounding joy because the Savior reigns. Just sit back a second and relax. And just listen to that phrase again. The Savior reigns. Just soak that in for a minute. Let the reign of Christ wash over you. Rest in the peace and calm of knowing that you can stop all of your striving to save yourself. Just rest in the Lord's warm embrace. Jesus reigns. Rest in that a moment. In Jesus Christ, the Savior has come, and that is good news. So it is no wonder that the people are singing in the fields and the rocks and the hills and the plains are repeating the sounding joy. After all, what else do you do with good news? You know, think about it. When was the last time, maybe at work or at school uh, or on social media, you got some really good news and you decided, you know what, that news was so good, I'm just going to keep it to myself. You know, do you do that? Yes or no? Come on. Do you do that? Anybody? No. Do you do that? No, of course you don't do that. I doubt even you introverts in the room keep really good news to yourself. But just to make sure, and because we like to be a little interactive, uh, real quick, don't worry, it won't be that painful to be really short, turn to your neighbor and tell them the last time that you got really good news and kept it to yourselves. Got it? So turn to your neighbor. Go. Okay. Since that's never happened, this will be, it's over. We're done. We're moving on. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. You don't keep it to yourself. In fact, you're compelled to share it. When you receive good news. And typically the better the news. The quicker and the more widely you share it. Don't you? We have just to do what the song says. We have to repeat the sounding joy. Now I realize that. What is good news to one person. Is not always as good a news. To the person that's hearing about your good news. However. When you share it with them. Even if they don't react the way that maybe you wish they would, that does not diminish the fact that what you have shared is truly good news. So when Jesus preached his first sermon, which we heard just a moment ago, 
uh, from the Gospel of Luke, Jesus said that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You know, I do have a mic here. I won't drop it too much. But that's kind of what Jesus would do. After that, it's kind of like, mic drop. Jesus turns around, walks back. As he's sitting down, I think he kind of looks over his shoulder as he's sitting down and says, and today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Whoa. Isn't this Jesus, the carpenter's son? And he's now just announced that he is the chosen one, the Messiah? Well, now, if you were poor, I'm going to pick this up so I don't step on it. Nobody wants to see that. Now, if you were poor, this was good news. If you were captive or blind, this was really good news. And if you were oppressed, this was really, really, really good news. But, on the other hand, if you were rich... Not so much. If you were a private prison operator, not really. If you preferred keeping differently able people marginalized, not the best of news. Or if you were a lead pipe or fire hose wielding oppressor, then this really, really was not good news for you. When Jesus preached his first sermon, he did not hide his agenda. He was crystal clear about what he was to be about, and it rang in the ears of these first hearers because they had heard it before from the prophet Isaiah, when he had promised that there was one of God coming. You know, prophet Isaiah is somebody who we hear a lot during Advent season uh, because he prophesied about this coming of the chosen one of God, for in whom every valley shall be lifted up. And every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the uneven ground shall be made level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed on all flesh, and we shall see it all together. Sometimes we just don't sit with scripture too much. We, we like to talk too much, and we need to just breathe it in. So pay attention here. Take a moment to calm your mind. And then just bask in the glory of the scripture. Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the uneven ground shall become level. And the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And the flesh and all flesh shall see it together. Where Christ reigns, there are no more haves lording it over the have-nots. There are no more winners abusing the losers. There are no more strong oppressing the weak. But instead, there is enough for all of those by and in, made in the image of God, and we become one together. It seems to me that we spend a lot of time worrying about the end of things, like, am I going to heaven or will I be saved? But maybe the question rightly asked is not what happens at the end of things, but what should you and I be doing right here, right now? What does Jesus want me to do 
And what does Jesus want me to be? That's the question we have to ask. Those are the questions we have to ask ourselves. Think about this for a second. What would be substantively different about your life and your interactions with others if you actually lived like Christ reigns? Now before you start beating yourself up because you don't have a quick answer. I'm not sure that we've done a good job as pastors and religious educators equipping you to answer this question well. I'm sure many of you, if you stopped and really thought about this question, what would be substantively different about your life and your interactions with others if Jesus Christ truly reigned in your life, you would probably answer that you just don't know. Perhaps we, and I, include, and I include myself in this we, have been suffering from a poverty of imagination that limits our sight and the possibilities that God is opening up all the time, all around us. Or it might be just that we really don't believe. We don't believe that Jesus' reign is powerful enough to get the job done, so we rely on other things that we think are more effective and efficient. Maybe it's time for us to recalibrate our imagination and reconnect to the transformative power of our great God. Old Testament scholar and theologian Walter Brueggemann writes in his book, The Prophetic Imagination, that the prophet engages in future fantasy. The prophet does not ask if the vision can be implemented, the imagination must come before the implementation. Our culture is competent to implement almost anything and to imagine almost nothing. Every totalitarian regime is frightened of the artist. It is the vocation of the prophet to keep alive the ministry of imagination, to keep conjuring and proposing alternative futures. I think sometimes the reason why we don't joyfully share the good news of Jesus Christ and his reign as readily as we share a funny, a funny cat video that we find on the internet somewhere is because we have failed to grasp this prophetic imagination. We have failed to see a picture of what Christ's reign looks like and how we can find joy in uniting with Christ and one another in building for the kingdom right here and right now. So today, I want you all to imagine, just, just imagine, put all this other junk out of your head and imagine for a moment. Remember back when you were a kid and it came so easy to imagine. Imagine yet again. Imagine a picture of the good news of Jesus' reign. And let your imagination be reignited as we hear these words from God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. Words that tell us what we as followers of Jesus Christ are supposed to do and be as bearers of the light to the world. This is the kind of fast I'm after. To break the chains of injustice. Get rid of exploitation in the workplace. Free the oppressed. Cancel debts. What I'm interested in is seeing you do this. Sharing your food with the hungry, 
inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad, being available to your own family. Do this, and the lights will turn on. And your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. And then when you pray, God will answer. You'll call out for help and I'll say, here I am. If you get rid of unfair practices, quit blaming victims. Quit gossiping about other people's sins. If you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourself to the down and out. Your lives will begin to glow, glow in the darkness. Your shadow lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiness of places, firm muscles, strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll see the old rubble of past lives to build anew, rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything. Restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate. Make the community livable Again, this is what we are to do, and this is what we are to be about because Jesus reigns. This is good news that's available to all. This is good news that we have to share. This is good news, the good news of Jesus, and it is joy to the whole wide world. So who reigns? Jesus reigns. Who reigns? Say it with me. Jesus reigns. Who reigns? Jesus reigns. Say it like you mean it this time. Who reigns? Jesus reigns. All right, now that you've said it, now that you've said it, do you believe it? And better yet, do you think that Jesus believes that you believe it? Jesus said in Matthew 16, 25, for those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. In learning how to die, we critically examine ourselves in such a way that we discover certain assumptions that we must give up because they disempower us. We have to give them up because those things that reign sometimes inside of us that are not in line with the reign of Christ. They denigrate us as people, as human beings, as children of God. And after a while, these things spread from us to others, and they denigrate others as well, those who are created by and precious to our great God. So we have to ask ourselves, do our actions reflect the truth that Jesus reigns? If so, you reign on with Jesus. Reign on with your big bad self. And don't ever look back. If not, let today, this day right here, not tomorrow, not the next day, but today. Let today be the day. Because it is not too late. Let today be the day. Because... You don't have to be a racist anymore because Jesus reigns. 
You don't have to fear the other anymore because Jesus reigns. You don't have to accept immoral leadership because Jesus reigns. You do not have to buy into a narrative that says some people are worth more than others because Jesus reigns. We don't have to sacrifice compassion or secure, for security because Jesus reigns. You don't have to let greed or lust for power rule over you because Jesus reigns. You don't have to lie because you're afraid of the truth because Jesus reigns. We don't have to accept environmental devastation in the name of progress because, come on, why? Because Jesus reigns. We don't have to build or rebuild walls that divide and separate us from our neighbors because Jesus reigns. We don't have to sacrifice the lives of our school children for the profit of a few because Jesus reigns. We don't have to cower and hide in darkness anymore because Jesus reigns. Jesus wants to reign in you. Jesus wants to reign in you. So let Jesus reign in you. We have to let him reign in us. Because then the good news of his salvation is good news that we can't help but share. And then the best part about this is what is the gracious byproduct of surrendering to the reign of Jesus Christ? It is joy. It is joy. Not a little bitty bit of joy. Not a spoonful, not a cupful but never-ending joy. Joy in the fact that it's not all up to you. Joy in surrendering. And joy in knowing that whatever effort you make towards living into Christ's kingdom, ways of peace and justice and mercy and reconciliation and love here and now are never wasted, but they carry on with you into God's glorious future. Because Jesus reigns, we can take joy in forgiveness. We can take joy in liberation. We can take joy in loving our neighbors. And you know what? We can even take joy in the journey of beginning to love our enemies as Christ commands. We can take joy in throwing off the darkness and stepping into the warmth of Christ's light. Trusting out of God's great goodness and power that he can and will transform Again, not a little bitty bit, not a cup full, not a spoonful, but everything, all things on heaven and on earth. Prepare, prepare the way of the Lord and take joy in the light of salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who reigns? Jesus reigns. Who reigns? Jesus reigns. Shout it out with your voice this Advent season. Jesus reigns. And shout it out with your life. Jesus reigns. Thank you, Lord. Christ the Savior reigns right here and now. He reigns tomorrow. He reigns a week for Tuesday. He reigns forevermore. Jesus reigns. Jesus reigns. Jesus reigns. Hallelujah. Jesus reigns.